What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. All right, it is Tuesday. This is the Sean Spicer Show. Boy, do we have a great show in store for you. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman from Georgia, is about to sit down right next to me. That's right. She's going to tell us what's about to happen on the House floor. So let me give you a little preview of all that we have in store for you today, because it's a lot. I hope you're sitting down too. I'm sitting down because there's a lot to get to. And I've already worked out, so I just needed to rest a little. Uh, Donald Trump was in court yesterday. He's in court today. Uh, it was unbelievable, I think, just in terms of both his comments and then some of the stuff the judge did. We didn't even get to some of this with Dershowitz because it didn't happen until later in the day. But I want to tell you a little bit because it's crazy. I didn't realize... Like the appeals court has already ruled on a bunch of this stuff. Anyway, I'll, I'll give this to you in a second. It was unbelievable. But, you know, Donald Trump's not the only one in a courtroom today. His is civil in New York. Guess what? Hunter Biden is in Delaware facing a gun charge. He pleaded not guilty today. I never get this straight. Did you plead or is it pled? I don't get it. It should. I have a hard enough time with this stuff, but why can't it just be pled? I think that it's pleaded. I don't know. Tell me what you think, but let's get to this in a little bit. But yeah, this gun charge, by the way, which he was about on a federal forum, he lied about drug use, which he talks about openly. So this is going to be interesting. And then in DC, uh, the fallout continues, right? Matt Gates, we talked about this yesterday, said he was going to file this motion to vacate. Well, late last night, he did it. Um, and now it's all sort of, I feel like this is like a, political Rubik's Cube that everyone keeps moving around because McCarthy says he's not going to take Democratic votes. I mean, not that he can stop that. Gates says he has five. Um, they can only give four. So which way do you turn the cube? Like, I think we're going to start the conversation off with Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about that. But also a weird twist in that Jamal Bowman thing. You know, he's the Democrat that pulled the fire alarm because he's trying to get out of a door. And he's a high school principal, so he knows what a fire alarm. By the way, here's another thing. Uh, uh, in his excuse to the day, he said, I've done this a lot and they've opened doors. Because people said, when would you open a fire alarm? It wouldn't open a door. Apparently, they do open doors in his experience. But then he went further and sent out talking points. I'm going to tell you about that. He dug even deeper. Uh, also, last night, if this didn't get crazier, Henry Cuellar, Democrat congressman from Texas, carjacked by three folks in D.C. They took his car, his keys, and his phone. D.C. cops and Capitol Police got the car back. But he lives in a place called Navy Yard, which is like a mile from here. It's where National Stadium is. It's a hot spot. This is crazy. 
Uh, also, the Trump campaign last night. Again, last night, we're like, it didn't stop. Trump campaign put out a statement from Chris LaSavita and Susie Wiles, the top senior advisors, saying the RNC should cancel the Miami debate that it is scheduled for either end of this month, beginning of November, no date has been set. Uh, and they should cancel the rest of them because he's so far ahead. And then lastly, the Biden administration had a document leak out that said that it's actually really worried about Ukraine. We'll talk about that with Marjorie Taylor Greene as well in just a second. But you can't make this stuff up. At a time when they're asking for more and more money, they basically are hiding the fact that they're very concerned about corruption. So as you can see, there is a lot to discuss. So let's get into it. All right, as I said, Marjorie Taylor Greene about to sit down right next to me, right here to my left in just a second. And we've got a lot to talk to her about, like including, I don't even know where to start because I feel like which one's bigger? Trump in New York. Unbelievable. Um, this is the civil case. They are going after him, trying to dissolve the Trump organization, all these properties because they say he overvalued stuff. Talked about this with Dershowitz yesterday. Great conversation. Mar-a-Lago and Zillow alone, doesn't pass the smell test. But here's the twist that it took yesterday. An appeals court had ruled that the statute limitations on a lot of these had expired. Trump had to sue to get the judge to acknowledge the appeals court saying this. And if this is, if, if it ultimately comes out now, from the legal analysis I heard this morning, it's a little murky. Trump is saying this settles about 80% of the case. The judge said, I'm going to look at it. Uh, so I think that the reality may be somewhere in between. But the thing that was weird to me is that the judge had the right to decide whether to let cameras in and no one expected that. But he allows pictures at the beginning. So I don't know why. And it's awkward. This guy literally, take a look. I mean, he's posing. He's giddy. What does he think he is? Lance Ito in the OJ trial? I mean, like he was so excited that people got to see who he was. He literally just wanted to get his 15 seconds of fame, literally. Um, Trump spoke after the thing and he was at least pleased about the decision to review this appeals thing, which I, again, the non-lawyer me is like, how do you, like, this is a, a superior court appeals process. It's been ruled. He has to follow it legally. And the guy's like, yeah, I think I'll look at it. But Trump went after everybody in there, Letitia James, you know, the DOJ, how it's a coordinated effort. And you think about it. None of this stuff is new. It's all been out there for like 10 years. Not to mention, there's no victim. He paid all these loans back. Also, as I said to Dershowitz yesterday, you have a home, you can say it's worth a ton because you think it is, but ultimately it's the, the you know, whether it's the insurance companies or the real estate companies or the banks, they bring in people. That's their job to say, here's what it's worth. You're going after this guy for like 10 years. It's pretty clear. It's just, that's what it's all about. But Trump wasn't the only one in court uh, today. Hunter Biden was arraigned. He pled not guilty. Now, here's what I want you to understand about this. This is, so it all broke down because when they tried to do this whole plea deal before, um, the, the, what really killed it was the drug, the, the gun part of this. He pled not guilty, but if he was convicted, he could face up to 25 years in prison and $750,000 in fines. I have no doubt that none of that's on the table. But this plea deal would have been a sweetheart deal. He should have taken it, to be honest with you. Because the, the form that he fills out is this federal thing, federal form that you file when you want to buy a gun. And it says, I am not currently an active drug user. Well, he was, and he actually wrote about it in his book. Um, 
so he possessed a gun illegally then for 11 days. Now, they say 11 days. Remember, the only reason it's 11 days is because Hunter Biden's sister-in-law, which was Bo's wife, who he was involved with, threw the gun in a trash can next to a school because she thought he could do some harm with it. So it gets worse. Democrats look at it like, oh, he only had it for 11 days. The reason that they threw it near a school was because he was potentially going to harm somebody else or himself. Anyway, I, I just, I, I can't believe his lawyers let him do this because it seems like it's opening him up to exposure. He's admitted publicly he was taking drugs, which is what he lied about on the federal form, which is what Democrats say we should have stronger background checks. So anyway, um, but the real action today is in the House. Matt Gates went down to the House floor last night, filed these, the motion to vacate. And this is what he said. He said, regardless of how you feel about Ukraine money or border money, these two things should not be lumped together. It took McCarthy 15 rounds to become speaker and eight months of failure. Maybe he'll get the hint after this. The only one making deals with Democrats is McCarthy, is what Gates said afterwards. Well, it's going to be interesting because we now have everybody coming to blows on this. Marjorie Taylor Greene put out this really long thread last night, and I'm going to ask her about it today, about she was stripped of her committees. And 11 Republicans joined with the Democrats to do that. But she's trying to be the, the peace broker, the peace offer here and saying, guys, we have 45 days to get our act together. Is this really what we want to be going after? Right? Um, so I, I don't know. This is going to be interesting because, as I said at the outset, the math doesn't work. Right? You, they, have two, they need 218 votes. They have 221, 222, depending on who's in town. Five people say they're voting with Gates or that have sort of indicated they're with him. Doesn't mean they all will, but they can only spare four. Democrats, so I, this, this is going to be this huge thing about, and by the way, I mean, look, Gates is a little guilty of this. He worked with Democrats as well. He wanted to tank the rules that could have done this. So, it's, it's going to be a not pretty day, but here's the thing. If we don't, if, if, if McCarthy's ousted, there's no plan B. And we, the clock is ticking on trying to actually get spending under control, get some border security, get the borders. So I'm not really sure this, this timing wise, this is the smartest move in the world. And in fact, we look stupid as Republicans. We were given a majority to get things done. Um, and the, and the problem with this Gates thing and Mark Levin and others have come, like, w what's the plan? It's just like rolling the grenade and blowing stuff up. We'll see what Marjorie Taylor Greene says. She's going to be here in just a second to answer that. But I do, before I get to that, want to talk to you about that, that Congressman Bowman guy. Um, he pulled the fire alarm. He admits it, even though the media and Democrats tried to act like, you know, lots of people pull fire alarms to get out of a locked door, even though the locked door says emergency he could have pushed it to get out and it said, don't do it or you're going to set off an alarm. And he knows how to get out through the tunnels to his office. I mean, none of this passes the smell test. But he put out talking points so his fellow colleagues could know how to protect him. And he said, I believe, so this is what he's telling his colleagues to say, I believe Congressman Bowman, when he says this was an accident, Republicans need to instead focus their energy on the Nazi members of their party before anything else. So in other words, I pulled a fire alarm 
potentially in violation, not potentially, in violation of D.C. law, of House rules, trying to slow down the acts of Congress. But I'm going to blame it on Republicans and call them Nazis. He says he was just trying to get his vote in. You vote on the House floor. He was off. I mean, like, none of this, again, it doesn't make sense. And yet then he turns around and compounds this by saying, oh, it's the Republicans' fault that I did this. They're Nazis. Well, then what does he do? Just so we're clear, let's just keep digging, brother. He blames his staff and says, I didn't see these messaging points. I swear, it's amazing. You know, I, I always hear that, oh, Republicans want to gauge in whataboutism. What do you mean? This is ridiculous. This guy pulls a fire alarm to get out of a door that we all know is a lie. No one does that. And if you did, if you really did, then you shouldn't be serving because you're that stupid. But then you blame it on Republicans and call them Nazis. And then when you get caught doing that, you blame it on your staff. How pathetic. And no one says a thing. There is zero coverage of this. Because these guys from the Washington Post and CNN who are so worried about anti-Semitism and blah, 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 they don't care if it's from that side. They're so full of it. This is what we're up against. And when we call it out and say, this is ridiculous, that's whataboutism. Whataboutism is an excuse for journalists not to actually cover both sides. It's an excuse for people like all the folks at Politico, Washington Post, CNN, the New York Times, NBC, who constantly call this stuff out on the Republican side, but turned a blind eye every single time when it's the other team, because it's their team. Speaking of turning a blind eye, before we get into Marjorie Taylor Greene, one last thing I want to tell you about. The Biden administration loves to tell you how concerned they are about Ukraine, but they're hiding what their real concern is. You know what their real concern is? Corruption in Ukraine, that our money is being just flushed down the drain. Because in the sensitive but unclassified memo that came out, they are revealed that the U.S. is very, very concerned about corruption over there and the steps that they're taking to help them root out all this malfeasance. It's unbelievable. They want to hide this from us because they want to keep asking for your tax dollars and they don't want to tell you that it's being wasted because it undermines their message. I can't believe this. But this is what's happening. You wonder why there's distrust because they're not honest with you. They're hiding. All right. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. I'm excited to be joined now by Georgia Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congressman, thanks for coming into the, uh, to the studio with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> I have a list. I don't even know where to start today. Like, let's just start with what's going on. Why are we here? Why, I mean, not, but, but why are we at a place where we finally get the majority? We're finally talking about going back to regular order, i.e. doing single issue appropriations bills. We've got impeachment. We're, we're, we're winning. I, and, and the polls show that Republicans are trusted on the economy 41% more than Democrats for the first time since 1991. Joe Biden can't make it down a flight of stairs. And yet we're the ones in chaos. That's right. And you just laid it out so well. 
we're winning on every single issue. But the reason why we're here is we are in a perpetual calendar that causes us to fail. It's, what do you mean by that? What, so for someone listening, what does that mean? So it's systemic failure. Um, I come from a construction background. Okay. And we have deadlines oh, on our projects. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. How about that? And so if we have a September 30th deadline to have a building finished, we would never go home all of August and half of September. We would definitely be there working as hard as possible, especially in August and September to make sure that we reach our, our September 30th deadline. But the calendar, the annual calendar for Congress, and it doesn't matter which party is in charge, sets us up for failure. But let me play this out. You're, you're in a construction if the deadline is, let's just say September 30th, same deadline, mm -hmm. you would start to back up your supplies. You would back up, uh, you know, all the, whatever, the, the help that you needed, et cetera, the permitting. That's right. And you say, okay, we know this. Congress's debt, I mean, the fiscal year ends September 30th and, and you've got the August break that people go back home and yeah. hang out with their constituents and their family. Well, I, that's, I get it. But there were 12 bills that weren't done. You wouldn't have, to your point, said, all right, guys, We'll leave the job site and we'll come back and we'll think that somehow we're going to get this house built or this building built in five days. Where were the members, I guess, saying, okay, there's still 12 bills. Let's get it done. I was saying that. Okay. I was upset about going home. I said, we should not be leaving Washington right now. So here's, here's the calendar I'm proposing. Number one, why do we go home in August? Our kids are back in school. Any, any <laughs> member that has children, uh, K through 12 or college age, kids are going back to school in August. If we're going to go home in any month, it should be the month of July. We really do need time with our families sure. and our families deserve well, it's it. It's also, I think, look, my personal opinion is the less time you're in Washington, the better. You can yeah. screw stuff up. Number two, I think being around constituents and hearing about mm -hmm. construction companies and other places that are saying this is the challenges that we're having with the government is a good thing. Of course. So I, and I think it makes sense. Go back in July when your families are there, when you can get together with constituents. But so let's, let's dial back to where, how we got here. There was a bill on the floor that would have cut spending by 8%. It would have funded the border. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I've been in and out of campaigns in the Hill. I mean, that to me sounds like music to my ears as a conservative. Yep. What was the problem? The problem is, is it was set up to fail. What it, do you mean by that? Again, it was, uh, we don't, 45 days is not even long enough, a CR. So we're already in failure. Okay. Everyone needs to recognize But when there was that, that vote the other night, McCarthy puts a bill on the floor that mm -hmm. says, fine, we'll do 45 days, 8% cut, uh, border security money, no money for Ukraine, mm -hmm. and then we'll send it to the Senate and jam them. There were five or six, no, probably 10 Republicans mm -hmm. that didn't vote for it. What, what was the reason? So I voted no on that, and here's why. Okay. I thought it was a great bill. I thought it was a smart move. I voted no because it was going to fail anyways. And they knew I get so they knew ahead the whip count. They knew that there were enough Republicans okay. who were not going to vote for it. It was set for failure. My argument was, is I'm, I'm done with failure. We need a plan that works. So we have to get in the room. I don't care if it lasts all day long, all night long, shove food under the door to us. We need to get to work and make our conference get to an agreement and then move is forward with it. Yes. It is. So the people yes. who are on the outside, those five or six folks, Matt Gates, Bob Good, uh, Matt Rosendale, they could get to yes. Let me tell you, we already did it last week on the defense bill. Great bill, gives a pay increase to the troops, takes out all the woke garbage. It is the best defense bill that anybody has seen in decades. Took the Ukraine money out. That was right. a personal victory of mine. 
you know, want to know something that would not have happened if Kevin McCarthy did not listen to me. Right. And that's an important but that's, thing. But so, so let's go down this path now, because I want to get to Ukraine in a second. I know that's been a passion project of yours. The bill f- fails and then McCarthy puts forward a straight up 45 days continuing resolution says, mm-hmm. hey, we'll keep funding government. Mm-hmm. Um, the Senate, of course, says, great. No Ukraine funny, but a little disaster money. Why was that? What did you think of that? The the CR that went, the 45-day yeah, CR. Yep. I, I did not want to keep Nancy Pelosi's policies going. And and so to be honest with you, we have eight more appropriation bills to get done. However, we have funded 70% of the budget. So we're at this odd place of we've had a lot of victories and the victories happen when we work together, like okay. the defense bill, like like Homeland. We got that passed last week, like Milcon. I mean, these bills that have passed, we worked together and we nailed it out, got it to the floor and passed it. But however, how are we going to move forward and get the rest of it done with a motion to vacate, right. with constant fighting? I keep telling everyone, it's like, it's like- but You're no wallflower. Like <laughs> there is no one in the world that says, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's a, she's a, she's a compromised person. Like you fight. Yep. Okay. So why- when you talk to these other folks, what is their angle? Like, what, what is, why, what, you, you seem to be coming at this in a much more pra- pragmatic way. Here's how we can get conservative policies passed mm-hmm. and win. Why is there a disconnect with a handful of members then? I'll tell you why. So I agree with Matt Gates. There needs to be change in Washington. Like what? All of us want, well, for one, we got to change the calendar so Congress doesn't fail every so, but year. But is anyone against that? Some people seem to be against it. Yeah. Some people seem unwilling to, to actually put it into practice, but it has to happen. Sure. Otherwise, we're going to fail. We're going to do, over. we're going to do CR and a Christmas omnibus that's a lump of coal for the American people every single year. It's disgusting. What we have to do to change the way that we're working is what we have already been doing. We went to regular order. We made an agreement to do 12 separate appropriation bills. We need members to commit to it and finish the drill. This is a game of inches. You're not going to win the football game with a Hail Mary pass. We aren't in those kind of circumstances. This is a situation where you have to have patience. You have to have grit. You have to keep working and not give up on the fight when we're in the worst storm of our life. So, hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned McCarthy listens to you. When you say what you just said, I think that makes sense. Does he think that makes sense? Yes, he thinks it makes sense. And so I've been describing it like this. And I've said this to some of my conservative colleagues who, by the way, we all have the same voting record. So I share the same conservative values with them. However, they see things a little differently. I was one of the people that was very upset. And this is before I became a member of Congress. I didn't like Speaker Paul Ryan. I didn't. He didn't. He didn't pursue Trump's agenda. We didn't fund a wall and build it. They didn't repeal Obamacare. As a business owner, as a regular citizen, I was upset about those things. But the Freedom Caucus gave us Paul Ryan when they vacated 
Boehner. That's that was the result because they had no plan. But you see, that's interesting. You just put your finger on something that I think is fascinating. They go after Boehner. And then we get into this. I mean, McCarthy initially was supposed to be the guy that replaces him. He gets caught up into it. Then, then they have to find this compromise candidate. Paul Ryan says no. Yeah. He was chairing the Ways and Means Committee. He says, I, I'm not doing this and blah, blah, blah. And then finally he agrees. He actually got them to give him concessions and says, I'm only going to do this if you guys mm-hmm. agree that we're not going to have a food fight every day. And they said, yes. So let's get back to Kevin McCarthy. There's a motion to vacate. Where, where do you think this thing ends up? Well, we had a conference meeting this morning and the question was asked, is anyone else planning or preparing to run for speaker? Not one person raised their hands. The question was asked to Matt Gates and the others is, do you have someone to bring up for speaker? They all said no. So, so here's the issue. I'm, I'm a very pragmatic person. I'm a rational person, but I am a fighter and I will not fight for something that has no path to success. And I will not fight for something when there is no plan. And there is no plan. Even though I love those guys, I'm friends with them and we share the same voting record. We need a plan of success for the people. Here's why. It's not about us, Sean. We are hired by the American people. The American people are so sick and tired of the drama in Washington. They care about four things. They care about their kids. They care about their bank accounts. They care about their jobs. That gives them money. And they care about their weekends. That's where all their passions and their hobbies lie. And I don't blame them, rightfully so. But here's the problem. When we just get mad at each other up here in Washington and and just want to strike a match and light a fire, you want to know something? It may give us political points. It might help our fundraising. It may look good to the internet uh, uh, pitchfork and tiki torch mob that's always trying to burn it down. But you know what it does? It puts the American people last every damn time. So the thing that, that's interesting about that, what concerns me, uh, and I've said the same thing about impeachment. Mm-hmm. Let's go. But let's do it smart. Yeah. Because you and your majority are the only thing standing between us and Biden having total control of government. That's right. And if it's not for the House, A, we wouldn't be investigating and we wouldn't know half of the things about not just the Biden family, but so much of what's happening in the government, we wouldn't be stopping a lot of these policies. And so when you have a four-seat majority, my point is exactly what you're saying, which is if you don't have a strategy to win, right? Right. I, I was reading a, a reminded of a Sun Tzu quote the other day, and I'll butcher it again. But tactics without a strategy is the noise before defeat. Mm-hmm. If there isn't a plan, I mean, and we're we're sitting down before this final vote just to be straight up with the audience here because mm-hmm. you guys are busy day and I appreciate the mm-hmm. time that you could. But but if McCarthy, the math problem that I see on this is there are about five people, Gates and, and four others that mm-hmm. say that we're pretty much done with McCarthy. There's a four seat majority if everybody's present. So he the the motion in theory passes. But then there's nothing to get back to 218 to a speaker, to your point. And mm-hmm. what, what happens then? What happens if there's, if he is, if there's a motion to vacate, it passes, and then we go without a speaker? Everything stops. No bills. Stop. Bi- no bills get passed. Um, none of our funding, none of our appropriation bills can get passed. The House goes to complete, uh, absolute uh, halting everything stops. The impeachment inquiry stops which is unbelievable to me. We have the most corrupt president in history 
We have so much evidence on the oversight committee. We are screaming, trying to get past the media to the American people to see the evidence we have. We have subpoenaed Hunter Biden and Jim Biden's bank records, and we are going to subpoena them next after we look at their bank records and we think we know what we're looking for. All of that stops. It all stops until we elect another speaker that requires us to get to 218, and we don't even have all of our members here. Some folks on the right are saying that Gates would be teaming up with Democrats. He's accusing McCarthy of teaming up with Democrats to get that short-term CR passed, Mm -hmm. right? But then Republicans are now, some Republicans are saying, well, Gates is teaming up with Democrats to put our majority on the line because he would need Democratic votes. Is that a fair now? Yeah, it's the truth. The truth is. So if Kevin gets saved by Democrats, Gates's statement is that he's the Democrats speaker. That's, that's not true. And I actually, Kevin McCarthy, to my knowledge, and this is just as far yeah. as I know, has not worked with the Democrats. No, but, but he's saying, hey, look, if the Democrat, in order, because he doesn't have, if he loses five Republicans right. and five Democrats vote to, to mm-hmm. save him, to table it, whatever, then he's bought by Democrats. Well, there's a math problem there. How many Democrats does it take to vacate the speaker? Right. It takes all of them. I think they have 212. And then, so that's all the Democrats voting with a handful of Republicans to vacate the speaker. But yet if a handful, a tiny handful of Democrats vote with like 200 and say 210 or so Republicans, the math shows the answer to that. So this was, I, I at least, I was reading a great thread. You put out a thing on Twitter, now X, whatever, kind of laying out a very pragmatic case about what's happening. The thing that I thought was fascinating was it, it, it seemingly is personal to you. People stripped you and 11 Dem- Republicans joined with Democrats. That's right. So I think you have a very different and unique perspective on who's teaming up with whom. It's funny because do you have any animus towards the, the Republicans that voted with Democrats? No, I don't. I'm not that kind of person. But now do you say to them, do you see what it takes? I mean, like, I, I guess the thing is, is that th- this is a team sport. Is it almost... Like when you put out that last night, I thought, wow, this is really big of her. Mm-hmm. She's sitting down saying, hey, I know what it's like to do this, guys. Let's get our act together. Yes, I do know what it's like to go through it, and it's painful. Right. But it also has consequences. Those, like 11, those 11 Republicans that voted against me, they got torn up by their districts. <laughs> they got torn up by the country, and they've all apologized to me multiple times. Um, the 10 Republicans that voted to impeach President Trump Eight of them did not return right. to Congress. There's consequences yeah. to this, and, and it's ugly. Um, and and here's, here's my issue. People need to stop making this about personalities. You know, I'm probably President Trump's biggest supporter here in Washington. I, and I gladly and proudly will wear that label. But there's people that hate his guts, but love his policies. Right. We need to put the personalities done. There's people that hate Kevin McCarthy because they've been told to hate Kevin McCarthy, but, they, but they've never met Kevin McCarthy and don't know him at all. It's like, put the personalities down and realize this is not a popularity contest. This is not high school. This is a business and we need to work together like it's a business. That means when you show up to work, you shake hands, you do your job. It's not about who you like or who you hang out with or whatever your best friend is. Enough of that garbage. It's not about how many clicks and likes you get on social media. 
enough of that. It's about doing the job that we're sent here to do. And that takes serious people doing it. But, but when I read stuff on, on Twitter, when Gates puts out of stuff that him, McCarthy and him went back and forth, McCarthy said, bring it on, Gates, whatever. It was a lot of, it was a lot of personal. And it was a lot of, you know, McCarthy saying that, that Gates takes this, you know, personal because of an ethics committee investigation. I, I, I just, and to you, to your point, I get you've sort of over, you know, gotten over the 11 folks. Isn't there a bit of personality? I mean, that's just the reality of this. Yeah, it is a reality, but you can go past it. I know we can go past it. And that's that's the Republican Party I am trying so hard to make Yeah, is we have to move past this. Let's get in a room. Yeah, we can have an argument. But you know what? We can also come to an agreement. And if we can't fully agree, we can agree that we disagree, but we can also treat each other respectfully. Okay. And that's what this country needs, Sean. That's but do you this think, country so, so let me ask it. this, because I, I, believe me, I, <laughs> I, I know what it's like to have people because of who you worked for or the policies that you defended. What, where's that line? Like there's days in which I get angry and just say, you know what? Here, you know, to your point, look at the policies, look what they've done, look what they've done. Uh, you know, President Trump will go after somebody and they'll say, but, you know, is that the right thing to do? And, mm. I, I, you know, personally, I think he could do it, dial that back a little and make it a, because you can't find a single person that can articulate anything wrong with the policies. We're a stronger nation, mm. more people at work. We didn't have the foreign policy con- concerns. I mean, Joe Biden is supposed to be the adult in the room who was the chair of the foreign policy uh, committee in the Senate. We've got a problem with Iran with Russia and Ukraine, mm-hmm. with China, with North Korea. It's all gotten worse under That's Joe right. Biden. And yet people are willing to overlook all of that. And frankly, the cognitive questions about Biden because of a personality issue. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I find funny sometimes is that's the one thing you can fix, right? I mean, like all the policy stuffs are hopefully core issues. But there are a lot of Republicans say, screw it, fight. Show me that you're willing to take mm-hmm. these guys on and punch them in the face. And then there's a lot of folks that I also hear from that said, take it down a notch. So how do we find that balance? Well, I look at it like this. We can't fix anything until we have the White House. And that's the flat out truth. The White House controls the Department sure. of Justice, controls Homeland. Those We can take those two issues right there. And those are big ones. So we're like a ship in a storm right now. We control one third of the federal but, government. But let's go back to what what... Sure. And I think we'll win every day on the border. There's no one. I mean, you have Democratic mayors and governors now that are saying uncle when it comes to the Biden administration mm-hmm. policies because the fentanyl, the human trafficking, uh, just the impact that immigration is having on this thing. So we win on the policy. I get And no one can deny that. Right. But where I think we lose sometimes is the personality. We shouldn't, though, because right. we, we shouldn't. That's that that should never be the issue. Right. Because people got to remember. I mean, I have to remember it and everyone else has to remember. People care about four things. Their kids, their bank accounts, their jobs, and their weekends. And you got who, whatever candidate is running for office, I can tell you right now, President Trump is going to be the one that takes care of your four things the best and the most. But we're in a situation right now where we only have one third control Republicans do, and we're driving a ship in the storm. But we should be crushing it. We should be. We should be crushing it. You have a guy who every time you turn on the TV has a hard time getting downstairs, who can't get through a sentence. Uh, policies, interest rates are through the roof. I mean, everything. And yet we should be killing it. And the number one thing I hear is all image personality messaging. Well, I, so that ship in the storm, if we drive it too hard into the wind, the rudder is going to break and the sails are going to rip off. And I say that to people that are rooting for someone's head on a platter. 
because that's not the way we're going to get there. If you wreck the ship before you get to your destination, we can't win. This election, 2024, is about taking back the White House. Yes. 100%. And we have to do that with President Trump. And anyone that's against his personality needs to get over it. Right. Because here's the, here's the thing, Sean. Anybody, any candidate running for office needs to realize President Trump turns out voters and he will drag all the Republicans across the line with him. I, I, the polls have shown that this argument that he can't win is completely ridiculous. Yep. I mean, he, so I think they've, they're starting to figure out how that. I do want to talk about a couple other things because I know your time is tight. Real quick, your colleague on the Democratic side from New York, Jamal Bowman, pulled a fire alarm. <laughs> okay, first he said that he doesn't know what a fire alarm is, which I got to worry about the students that were at the school that he was principal of. Right. Uh, he also said, by the way, didn't get a lot of attention. I've done this a lot of times and it's worked. So I do wonder about the fire alarms. But then the third thing last night is that he, he had a messaging document that was going out, that uh-huh. did go out, that talked about Nazi Republicans. Right. He's now blamed that on his staff. Mm-hmm. I, I find it ironic that if this had been you or me, or anyone else, NBC and everyone else would have been asking for apologies or whatever. And yet Jamal Bowman, Jamal Bowman is getting a complete pass by his colleagues and by the media. He's not going to get a pass with me. You know, I went to New York and supported President Trump when he had to go up there and be processed. Jamal Bowman ended up outside of my car with the mob screaming at me, shouting at me, physically out of control, voice out of control. This is a liar. He's a big liar. And he lied about the fire alarm. He did it on purpose. I'm in Cannon Building. I know that door that he went to. He it knows says, better. Emergency exit only press to get through. You don't right. pull a fire alarm. But there's a, there's a timeline there. People need to pay attention to the timeline. I'm in my office in Cannon. My staff and I were watching. And Catherine Clark, the Democrat whip, makes a motion to adjourn, which if that passes, it closes Congress for the right. whole day. She makes the motion to adjourn. I think it was within five minutes after that fire alarm gets pulled by by Jamal Bowman. So they were stalling. They right. were doing everything they could to stall for the vote. That was intentional. He cannot. And then, then he went and ran back the other way. He went and voted an hour later because Congress was stopped and delayed <laughs> by the fire alarm, just like the January 6th defendants did on January 6th. They stopped our congressional uh, vote electoral count. And Jamal Bowman never told anyone, Hey guys, sorry about that. I pulled the fire alarm. My bad. I thought it would open the door. Never told anybody until the Capitol Police Police. came. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, I do another big subject. We talked about what's going on up there. You've been very outspoken on Ukraine. This bill that passed stripped all of Ukraine funding on it. Mm -hmm. The thing that was fascinating yesterday, the Biden administration has sold us on how important it is that we fund Ukraine, how important it is for as a check on China, because if Russia gets Ukraine, then China's going to go after Taiwan. That obviously has massive implications on shipping, on national security, whatever. Then this report leaks out, saying that their real concern is actually corruption. Uh, To me, this was literally an attempt to hide from the American people what's really happening with our tax money. By the way, our tax money that we're borrowing from China. That's right. Uh, The Ukraine issue is one of the most terrifying issues. And everyone's so what what is the answer? Should we give them more money? Should we give them more money with more accountability? Should we stop funding? them? We should demand a peace treaty in that country. No one can can say that they care about Ukraine and demand that war continue there. You don't care about someone or their country if you're demanding their country be be ground down to a stump. That's the worst thing to wish on anyone. 
Anybody that cares about Ukraine should say there needs to be peace. This needs to end immediately. There needs to be a path. There needs to be a goal. The White House never says that. The Senate never says that. And hardly anyone in, in the House ever says it. That's terrifying. So if a peace means that Russia gets to keep parts of Ukraine that it has taken over, is that okay with you? My argument is this, is Ukraine is not the 51st state. Ukraine is not a NATO member nation. Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries on earth. And Ukraine is the country where Joe Biden and his family took in millions and millions of dollars. That is a very, all of those things should be alarm bells in everyone's head. We have so many problems here at home in America that regular Americans that work hard and pay their taxes and pay for all this garbage up here. But let me just place out for you right now. Under President Trump, first of all, I don't think it would ever happen. So we'll, that's a gimme. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it did. And Trump's not in office anymore. I, my concern right now, and I don't disagree with your analysis of, of the state of, of Ukraine's government and how it handles money prior to this war and currently clearly now because the, the Biden administration admits it. But if I'm China and I look at the fecklessness of how this has happened, if I'm the Biden administration, I say, okay, guys, cut a deal with Putin. Give them all the areas, the Donbass, everywhere else, they can keep it. Mm. If I'm Xi Jinping, I go, oh, man, that was so weak. Let's go get Taiwan. That's the argument I keep hearing, and I have one back. So if I'm China, the best thing I can watch the United States do is leave its border wide open, get invaded by millions of people from over 160 countries all over the world, pour out all of its ammunition weapons stores to some country that's in a war that that really shouldn't be happening in the first place, spend billions and billions and billions of dollars and say whatever it takes for as long as it takes committed to this war over in Ukraine. If I'm China, I'm going to sit back laughing and watching and waiting while the United States weakens ourselves economically, weakens ourselves with filled with people we don't even know or recognize and know where they're from and watch our weapons stores get depleted trying to fight Russia and Ukraine and then pay for it to be rebuilt. If I'm China, I'm going to wait the United States out and then take Taiwan when the United States is too weak and feckless to be able to protect Taiwan. Yeah. Last question for you. You got a new book coming out. Yes. What do you want to, what do you want people to know about you that they might not know? Um, this book is called MTG. How'd you come up with it? Well, it was, <laughs> right. I'm kidding, but I know, but what, what is it that are you, are, do you want people to know something about you that they might not? I mean, I love, when I wrote a book, I was like, I don't think people know, you may not want to read it, but I, I, mm-hmm. the impression that you get is hopefully not what I think is, is the whole me. What do you want people to know about the book? It, they're going to learn who I am. These are my personal stories, but I'm also telling many stories that they've seen in the news, but they're going to hear my yeah, side of the yeah. story. They're going to hear where I was on January 6th and what happened in the House chamber and who I was with. They're going to find out uh, how I feel about the COVID shutdowns and why it was so personal to me. They're, they're going to find out uh, when Freedom Caucus kicked me out. I tell that story. I have many stories to tell. I'm even going to talk about Jewish space lasers in the book. So I think it's fair. And I think okay. it's a book people wow, are going to want to read. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. What day, when does it come out and how do you get it? It's going to come out the week of uh, Thanksgiving, Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So it'll be a fun read over the I was going to say, that's in writing time for Black Friday. <laughs> yes. Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene, thank you for an amazing conversation. Yeah, thank you, Sean. All right. I really enjoyed that conversation. We covered a ton of ground. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, again, please share um, this show with folks. Uh, continue to subscribe. I appreciate everyone. Your, your, the Apple and Rumble and YouTube subscriptions have been amazing and humbling. Thank you for that. Um, tomorrow on the show, we will break down everything that happened today in the House, uh, where we go, 
obviously an update on Trump and what his day in court looked like. On Friday, by the way, if you want to fast forward a little bit, Nancy Mace will be here to sit down with us. I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. So a quite a busy week in Washington and in politics. Um, I'm going to talk to our panel on Thursday, by the way, with so much about the debates, what's happening. Trump's campaign is calling for them to end, calling on the RNC rather. So <laughs> a lot of things happening. Uh, I hope you have a good night. I will see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for watching Sean Spicer Show.